the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Grace Bible Church in Hayward, welcome to Way of Grace with our teacher and pastor, Jessica Stand. You can find us online at grace-bible.com. Jesse is currently sharing a series called Arise, Move, and Go, and today we'll be going to Numbers chapter 14. Now, the benefits of serving and trusting God are fantastic. On the other hand, disobedience has some dire consequences as well. For the contrast, here's Pastor Jesse on today's Way of Grace. The second level testimony is what we call experiential testimony. It's when you go out and navigate, excavate, you do the archaeological research, you dig it out of the ground, you analyze it, you write about it, you put it in books, and then you teach others through what you have acquired through experience. Am I making some sense? Those who get it in a testimonial form, in the book form, which most of us get when we go to school for academics, this is why academic school is somewhat a faulty system. Because all it can give you is testimonial knowledge. Am I making some sense? This is why when God had the first human beings on the earth, he didn't name them the Institute of such and such, the Academy of such and such. They were a mama and a daddy because a mama and a daddy should have a relationship with God where revelation is given to them of which when they experience that revelation, they pass it on to the children as a testimony and they get the testimony from experience rooted in revelation that allows the child to grow up in a tradition by which they can get a hold to the God that created it and not go astray like so many of our children are today who are not raised up in homes where the word of God is taught. Am I making some sense? Many of us know about how far we went astray when we went to college. Now, mom and daddy told you, don't lose your mom when you go to college, because most of those teachers did. When you get your PhD, it really means you didn't went crazy. It really does, because now you arrogantly assume you know more than God. And now you become right, actually antithetical to God in your assertion of knowing something. And then you pass that false testimony on to the children and you create generations of human beings who are godless, whose whole hope is in materialism. We call that an existentialist. This is a materialist existentialist. All they know is what they think they know, and they don't even know that. Now listen carefully to me so I can, I can carve this up. What we're dealing with, with the children of Israel, and this is why I feel so bad for the children in this account. Because the children in this account are going to be the first generation that suffers the way our children are suffering today. A bad testimony. A flawed testimony. A wrong testimony. Did you get what I just stated? This is why I'm so ambivalent about our education system today. I'm so ambivalent about it. 
I'm so ambivalent because I do know that all education should be rooted in a faithfulness to God so that it can stay on course in whatever discipline it is. And, and now we got to send our kids there and then we got to pay godless amounts of money for them to go there. Right. So y'all work that out because the world's not going to get any better until we get educators that are willing to tell the truth about everything that can be known. And it's going to start with knowing God. So what we got in our account is a group of people, 10 out of 12 men. This is your CNN News. This is your Fox News. This is your CBS News. It's every institution. It's NPR. It's all of that coming with you swearing they know the truth. And if you submit to them as if it's the gospel, you're going to swallow up the testimony. And if you don't go behind them and do the research, you won't ever know. There are all kind of people that will tell you what they know because they were raised up under CNN, NBC, NPR news, and they swear that's the gospel. Now, what they should be saying is they told me that. I don't know if it's really true. But that's what they told me. You might as well be honest about it. Because listen, these kids that are 20 years and younger are going to have to hang out another 40 years until their parents die because their parents weren't willing to tell them the truth. Y'all get what I'm saying? This is what, I, this is what had me reeling all week this week. I'm like, man, these kids got to hang out 40 years. Here they come to a brand new home. And I know if I was 19, 18, 19, and God showed up when I was in the, uh, in the arduous sort of uh, tyranny of, of Pharaoh's home, my parents are working hard every day without straw building brick. They tired when they get home. Didn't there's a contract of genocide out on the boys. And we had to deal with that for several generations under the Pharaoh that did not know Moses. I know if I was a young man and then God showed up and delivered my family out of Egypt, and put me in the wilderness on a trajectory to a new home, I'd be very happy to be out of Egypt. Now, I may not know what the new home is like, but what I do know is I know what the old home is like, and the old home is not cool. Also, my parents are leading me, so I'm going to trust them implicitly until we get to the home. And this is what's going on right now in our account, where the kids, can you imagine that? The kids are sitting here listening to a conversation of grown adults, grown, and they heard this story like about 10 times. Isn't that what God says? You have tried me 10 times. So the kids have heard this since coming out of Egypt 10 times, what we read over in the opening verses. Again, look at chapter 14, verse 2 and 3. Notice what it says. And the children of Israel did what? Murmured again. There you go. Didn't the children hear it? The, the children heard it. They happy to be out of Egypt. They walking through the wilderness learning all kind of new stuff, aren't they? Yeah. They're ready to go to a new home. Can't wait till we get there. Can't, and here go mom and daddy and them complaining one more time. And God said 10 times, which means, you know what? God counts our complaining. The number 10 is the number of completion, by the way. And this is why they're going to die in the wilderness. 10 times have they complained against what I was doing. Now, notice what it says. They murmured against Moses, against Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, would to God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Isn't that that ridiculous? Listen, and would God had, uh, we would have died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died where? 
which means they have raised another level of suspicion against God because they're believing that the home they're coming to is the home worse than the home they came from. They're actually saying the wilderness is better than their home. That's insane, isn't it? You see how, as we learned week before last, your misconception can create a great deception in your own mind. It's important for you to get it. All right. Having helped you see the precariousness of the children, let's begin to work through something I really wanted to more fully capture last week. And that is the concept of the token, the concept of the token. Now, here's what I know God is doing. He's trying every one of us as to whether or not you and I will think like God thinks. He's trying every one of us whether or not you and I will have the kind of category in our process of evaluation and valuing things to pick up on what's important to God versus what's important to us. See, like when you walk with God, God will speak to you. He'll speak to you through his word. That's precept. He'll speak to you in providence. That's through circumstances. He'll speak to you in tradition. That is through people that care about you. Will he not? And you will hear from God. You will even hear from God from unbelievers because God can put his own word in their mouth and tell you something. Right now, it's important for you to get this. In other words, God won't leave you without witness. But if you're not building your understanding and perception of God on his word, then you will miss God when he speaks. This is why David said, Lord, show me the token. Now, the token is going to always be something that's valuable to God, but virtually everybody else will miss it. In your Bible, the Bible is very clear that our thoughts are not God's thoughts and our ways are not his ways. What that means is you have to be trained in your thinking mechanism to be able to understand how God thinks and his word lets you know that. And you have to be trained to lean into with a healthy biblical value system to see what God sees as the grounds of your being able to navigate this dark world. Now, I want you to see it again because he tested them. This is Numbers 13, verse 20. Look at Numbers 13, verse 20. He says, now I want you to go into the land and I want you to determine whether the land is fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not. That matters, doesn't it? Now watch this. And be ye not, and be ye of good courage, courage, and bring of the what? And bring of the what? Now why are they bringing of the fruit of the land? To show the people who did not come the character of God's promise to them that he told them way back when he brought them out of Egypt. That God doesn't lie, change, or fail. If he said it, he'll do it. If he declared it, he'll make it good. Now watch this. You and I are called to be able to get a hold of the token and be able to show people here, this here is just a token of what God has for us. Y'all got that? I told you the token. It's always a beautiful symbol, a beautiful uh, 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 metaphor or analogy or some kind of typological pattern of God's greater token to humanity. Under point number one, then, the tokens of what? Victory. The tokens of victory. What do we mean by that? When you look over in verse 23 through 25 of chapter 13, notice what the text says. This is important for you to get in your own walk. And they came 
unto the brook of Eshcol, and they cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. You see it? And they bear it upon two, bear it uh, between two upon a staff, and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook of Eschol because of the cluster of grapes, which the children of Israel did cut down. And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. They're walking back with clusters of grapes on a big staff, are they not? And we saw the unusual nature of those clusters. Those clusters were massive enough to actually feed the giants in Israel. Remember that? And so they brought these clusters back because these clusters stand for us as a symbol of God's grace in the person of Jesus Christ as the grounds and vouch safe that everything in the land is theirs because the cluster proves it. Here's the proposition. Listen to me carefully. If you have the token, you have the whole thing. If you have the token, you have the whole thing. Help my people get it, oh God. If you have the token, you have the whole thing. Now, God's token to sinners is Jesus Christ. And if you have Christ, you have the whole thing. And without Christ, you have nothing. And that he starts with a cluster of grapes is what you and I learned from Jesus in John 15, 1 and 2. He said, I am the true vine. Well, you don't get a cluster except from a vine. I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears fruit, he makes it bear even more. And the ones that don't, he cuts down. Child of God, listen to me. The fruit of the vine is the symbol of God's riches in Christ. It's a symbol, watch this now, of suffering. But it's also a symbol of joy. It is a token of the triumph of Christ's righteousness. The bloody grapes are a symbol of the blood atoning work of Jesus who died on the cross for your sins. Take this cup filled with the bloody grapes. This is the blood which was shed for your sins. Did you get that? Every time we take of the Lord's table or every time the glorious atoning work of Christ is preached, we get to enjoy the token. Do you enjoy the token? Because it's God's message to you about how you and I obtain the whole thing. Christ died for our sins and we rejoice in his sufferings because the blood is what takes away our sin. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The blood is a symbol of the purging of our sins by the shedding of Christ's blood on Calvary. And we've learned this. We've learned this. That cluster of grapes speaks to God's mercy and grace to you and I in Jesus Christ under subpoints A, B, and C. Briefly, the, obe the obedience of faith what? Rod. Now, why do I say that? Because there were certain men who were obedient enough to cut down the cluster and put it on a stick and bring it back. Somebody had to do it, right? Listen, do you understand when you go into someone else's territory who actually thinks they own the territory and you clip a significant portion of their uh, goods and their wares that they have a right to actually put you in jail if not kill you for penetrating into their resources. Y'all got that? 
So what are these men doing by taking that cluster of grapes? They are saying, this is not your land. This is our land. Yea, this is not our land. This is God's land. And I'm taking this territory or a token of this territory because God said it's ours. This is a walk of faith. You better hold on to it because there are times coming in your life where God is going to show you something for which you are directed to enter into. And he wants you to get the token before you get the whole thing. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Right, because the token will be an evidence that you're trusting God in it. You could lose the whole thing if as you come upon it, there's some obstacle or some distraction that actually mitigates God's promise to you and you get stuck on that distraction rather than on the promise. Am I making some sense? If God says get a hold to the promise, get a hold to the promise. Now I'm telling you the token is the promise. The token is the promise. This is your Bible. So what the text said in verse 20 was, and it was the time of the first fruits. And we learned this last week too. Whenever you have a first fruits, you know what that means? You're going to have a harvest. Whenever you have the first fruits, it means you're going to have a harvest. And in God's law uh, for Israel, the agricultural law was you always take a portion of the first fruits and you give it to God. Now what you're saying is, All blessings flow from him. And you actually are saying, I believe God for the fuller outcome. So I'm going to give him a portion of the first fruits because he's the one that created it in the first place. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And when men and women see the blessings of God and they fail to understand the first fruit principle, they have no right to the harvest. Y'all will get that in a moment. Because we as the people of God share in this what we call mechanism that Israel did even when we come to worship. We say that God has blessed us all week long with health and strength and the capacity to work. Am I making some sense? And then we come to church to praise him for how good he's been to us. Am I making some sense? We're coming to thank God for having sent his son into the world to die for our sins and redeem us from all iniquity. And then guess what we do in honor of him? We give him of the first fruits of our labor. That's people that really believe God. Like a lot of people don't. I don't care. What I know is when God gives to me, I'm giving a portion back in order to let God know. I thank him for opening the heavens and pouring down a blessing on my soul. I don't need it as much as others do. So I'm, I'm giving him a portion so he can bless others. I want people to know the token that I know. And again, don't get me wrong. This is not about money. Jesus is way more than money. This is about faith working by love ready to reciprocate with my God because he has given me a promise in the person of Christ. The Bible tells me Jesus is the first fruits. Is he not? This is going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 23. Look at it. Walk with me for a moment. I want you to get the doctrine. I want you to get this because there are some of you who are going to go out into the world today, especially you young people. I see it. I see it in my own kids. I see it in my own family. You're going to walk out of an institution that teaches you how to be blessed by walking with God. And your secular world is going to tell you you can be blessed without walking with God. That's what you're going to do. You're going to walk out of here and think you can actually obtain the blessings of the land. Because some of us know, like no place in the world, America is the land of milk and honey. 
on a material level, please understand. That's why people are coming here from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue on boats, on rafts. They sneaking in. Why? Because here you can go from nothing to something, especially if you trust the Lord. Listen, and church folk, raggedy church folk, raggedy church folk, love to get from God, but don't want to get back to him. Now, our kids will get taught that. They don't get taught that from a good mama and a good daddy, but they'll walk out of here and they'll go into that secular world. And that secular world will promise them everything in the moon if they give their souls over to them. And they don't know that God has to still uphold them in their health, in their mind, in their breath, in their rationality to even get the education that they get. God still has to open the door for them to get the job they get. God still has to make a way out of no way for them to get where they get. And they will forget to praise God for it. Even as God told Israel the same thing, when you get into the land and you obtain houses and lands and property and trees of all kinds, Don't you forget the Lord, your God, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Am I making some sense? And we've seen it for years now. I've watched a generation and a half of children really think they're blessed of the Lord because because they they got a job now. But don't you know that the enemy can give you pseudo riches, the simile of riches that don't do nothing but create more trouble for your soul? For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What benefit is it for you to have 10 PhDs and still don't know God in his mercy and keeping grace? What benefit is it for you to have a multi-million dollar contract and mansions on their hill if your house is not filled with the Holy Ghost, righteousness, peace, and joy? What good is it to have material wealth and have all kind of troubles because you're not covered by the blood and insulated by the spirit and grounded in the promises of God. What good is it to have a cabinet full of food with strife and contention therewith? I'd rather have a little bit with God and peace than to have the whole world without him. See, my generation of religious folk have sold the gospel for materialism. My generation has climbed out on the edge of the cliff where the devil took our Lord Jesus and said, if you bow down to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. The devil is a liar and everyone that buys into his doctrine will find out he lies to you. I tell you, young people, do not ever forget God. You need him every hour. Every hour you need him. I tell you, you need him. You will see elevation. You will see rewards. The Bible's clear. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. But if that labor, that sowing that you do is really merely material, it will rot right under your feet one day. And you'll find you'll never be able to stand in a stormy day when your house is built on sand. The sand of disobedience to the gospel. These men were obedient by faith to grab the cluster and take it to the people of God. Now, I had wish, I wish, I wish that when the people saw the cluster, they said, my goodness, God was telling the truth. 
I wish that the, that's what they, and watch this. I wish that once they saw the cluster, all this other noise these 10 men were making, they would have said, shut up, shut up. Do you see that cluster? I see what I'm about to get in Jesus' name. Soon as I cross over into the blessing, I'm getting ready to live large by the grace of God. And I'm going to worship him all the days of my life because he has shown me a token for good. And he's let all my adversaries know what the Lord will do for those that trust him. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.